Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Aldlin. During my time last week in Washington, D.C. for NAFB's Washington Watch, I got to talk with folks from the National Corn Growers Association. First up, we hear from Angus Kelly with NCGA. Let's talk a little bit first, just in general, trade issues corn growers are working on. You know, we have a lot of concerns about what's going on with the war in Ukraine, a lot of concerns about global food shortages, etc., looking at different trade deals that are out there that are supposedly being worked on, et cetera, et cetera. What are some of the things that corn growers are really watching right now on the trade front? Lately, Jesse, it's been uh, all fertilizer all the time because of all these anti-dumping and countervailing duties, just a fancy, uh, fancy government term for tariffs. And guess who ends up paying those tariffs? Well, it's the end user, i.e. farmers. So naturally, uh, we are... Um, vociferously opposed to uh, certain U.S. manufacturers gaming the system and getting duties placed on fertilizer that we need, especially with Russia, Belarus, and other countries coming offline. Um, Just to give you one example, for urea ammonium nitrate, there is a case at the International Trade Commission um, to slap uh, slap tariffs on UAN at a time when, just as as you mentioned, we're, we're, you know, we're already thinking about fall, booking contracts for the fall to say nothing of spring 2023. So we're very anxious. At the very least, we're gonna need access to Trinidad and Tobago. About 65% of our UAN imports come from Trinidad and Tobago. So there's been a strong trade dimension as far as fertilizers go as in, in terms of our sphere of influence. There's not a whole lot we can do about weather and supply chain and God knows what other uh, complicating factor, uh, say nothing of the other black swans like COVID, but where we can be effective, we think, is to free up trade and protect or regain our market access to countries like Morocco and Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, and obviously you you mentioned that there. A lot of farmers, uh, a lot of corn growers, they're worried, not necessarily about this spring, you know, we're, we're in the heart of planting season. They most likely either fall applied their fertilizer or they have it on hand. They're worried about 2023, and I think that is a that is a major concern that is not going to go away anytime soon, obviously. That's a fact, and we've seen some data out of IHS market projecting into twenty is, is late 2023 into 2024, and we don't expect a whole lot of relief on price and supply uh, until 2024. Now, you know, I like to say that economic forecasting makes astrology look like a respectable profession. So these things are hard to predict, especially given one black swan after another. But what I do know without a doubt is um, uh, we're, we're, we're at record levels of fertilizer prices. We also have more concentration in the industry and, and uh, not as much competition anymore. And so we're gonna be, we, we are actively weighing in with a lot of agencies, but particularly keep a keep a, uh, a watch on uh, mid-may the Department of Agriculture is has its comment period on uh, what they call a request for information so they're looking for information from farmers uh, and we're gonna send out a call to action to our members if they want to weigh in and say say what they're seeing on the front lines and sort of ground truth this fertilizer issue and say well is there supply why is prior prices so high because they don't seem to be tracking with supply and demand there's there, there's a hint of price gouging to be frank and we're we're taking a hard look at that well a lot of things to watch very closely and angus i appreciate just catching us up on a little bit of it here during washington watch any final thoughts for us before we run out of time today 
You know, when you talk to a DC lobbyist, we by nature uh, can be pes pessimistic, but I'm actually very optimistic about the, about this country, and um, we have the uh, the infrastructure, and we're an agricultural powerhouse. So I'm sure we can fill in. We, we can help on the global food security picture, and that gives me great optimism. And I'll go as far as to say we have a moral, moral imperative to um, help address global, global food security. So that's, what, that's where we're at. Again, that was Angus Kelly with NCGA during Washington Watch last week. I also got to talk with Kathy Berggren with the NCGA about a few other topics uh, that they are working on with corn growers. Here is that interview. Let's talk uh, corn growers' position when it comes to ethanol, renewable fuels. Obviously, uh, a lot of exciting news lately with E15 summertime sales being given the okay by President Biden here recently. A huge win for our, our corn growers across the country. Yeah, I think we really see that. Really see that as, as as positive, particularly you know not not just on maintaining that availability of, of E15, which has been available, and we wanted really wanted to make sure that that didn't go away. But I think also. So it was great to see the positive attention that the president's visit to Iowa really brought to biofuels. You know, obviously we need, you know, we'll need to see some more more action. But but some of the things he said about, you know, biofuels being part of the solution on reducing emissions, lowering prices, you know, supporting rural economies are all really positive, you know, things to have coming out of this administration and really looking to build on on that. Uh, but but I think just, you know, that you know, that's something that, you know, I think corn growers have been been talking about for, for a long time. But but certainly the current gas price situation, it was really great to see the president specifically highlighting, yes, bi biofuels are part of the solution here that's good news definitely and i think as well you know in the next step now it's obviously something corn growers and many other groups are working on together and on their own is can we get e15 permanent year-round not just a summertime thing i know uh midwest governors here their letter recently i mean there's a lot of champions out there uh, talk about corn growers role in that like what's the next steps here to try and get e15 permanent yeah no i mean i think this is when you really look at it we felt like I think a lot of folks thought that this was an issue we had done a lot of work on and maybe had thought we had solved until that court decision last summer kind of following, you know, action from the oil industry. So had to go back and, and keep working on this issue. But, you know, that, that fuel, that higher blend had been available, you know, it had that market access. So, right, restoring that, I think what the governors have done um, is, is certainly a positive step. It's a good solid block of, of you know, states that are, are together on that. Um, I think they have an ability to kind of influence the market. And if they're gonna demand that lower vol volatility fuel uh, other markets may follow that along with them so I, I think they're that they took a good step forward and in, in making sure that that fuel is going to be available to consumers in their states and so I think continuing to follow on that you know there might be some other regulatory and legislative opportunities here um, you know but really how do we just keep building on this in this recognition that yes bi biofuels you know again can can be part of the solution here uh, you know opportunities to continue to increase that blending um, you know, we, we know transportation is changing, right? Um, but but vehicles are on the road for, for a long time to come. They're going to be using these liquid fuels. Let's make sure they're using a low-carbon liquid fuel, and that's that's where ethanol comes in. And, and so we think there's a, you know, down the road, continue to be a bigger role to play here in terms of reducing emissions, lowering prices, and, you know, increasing that energy supply. And again, that is interviews with Kathy Berggren and Angus Kelly of the National Corn Growers Association, talking with them last week during NAFB Washington Watch in Washington, D.C. You've been listening to American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day.